Hey everyone, welcome to Beyond the Dance Floor podcast, a place to learn more about what goes on beyond what you see on the dance floor. It's about mentality, history, and how the skills you learn in breaking or the arts in general can apply more broadly to the rest of your life. Today we talk with Just Rock, repping the mighty Zulu Kings and Floor Gangs from Hong Kong. Now I've been following what he's been doing on Instagram with his own versions of podcasts and interviews and with what he considers to be breaking royalty. And I wanted to have him on here to share his thoughts too. Really great guy and glad we finally got to connect. We talk about his history growing up in Manchester, moving back to Hong Kong, living in Korea, his series of talks on Instagram, conversations with royalty and the Jung connection, and the importance of sharing knowledge and history and more. Another great talk with a person trying to uplift the community and I hope you enjoy it. Peace. Okay, we're here with Just Rock from Mighty Zulu Kings and Floor Gangs. Uh, what's up? What's up, man? Yo, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I've been seeing the, some of the stuff that you've been doing on, on Instagram and thought it would be really good to have you on and have a little chat too. And Word, man. people know about some of the stuff you've been doing and who you are too, like Word. people in my network, I guess. Um, so, yeah, maybe like, to start off, if you don't mind, can you give like a little, just brief introduction of yourself, who you are, that kind of stuff? Well, I mean, um, I, start, I was born in Hong Kong. I was born in Hong Kong. Now I'm living in Hong Kong. I was born in Hong Kong in 85. So I'm 35 years old now. Whoa, uh, I moved to the UK when I was nine years old with my family because of the, the UK takeover. So the UK was handing over Hong Kong back to China in 97. So 96, my family decided that um, like they don't want to live under the China rule or whatever. So they wanted us to move to the UK. So I basically went through a whole high school, went to a university all in the UK. I was living in Manchester for the most part. And um, that's where I started getting into a whole hip hop thing when I was, I started off quite late actually. Uh, I first learned breaking when I was 21 in university. Uh, it was one of those um, breakdown society things that you see at university mm. and um, just kind of want to try something new. Also thought that breaking can get me some girls, but it didn't <laughs> work out that way. But um, yeah, that's how I, that's how I really got into the whole hip hop thing. So I wasn't like one of those people that was into hip hop before that. I was not really into hip hop. I was just uh, an Asian kid coming from a family where uh, my mom and dad are both doctors. My brother's a doctor. So it was like one of those traditional Asian family. Yeah. That was like academic first. And so, you know, I'm not going to front and say I was always hip hop because I wasn't. I only got into hip hop when I was starting breaking. And then as I grew into the, the culture, I learned from people around me and they introduced me to what breaking is just one of the elements of hip hop. So one of my earlier teacher was uh, B-Boy Mouse from MZK also now and also DJ Timber who lives in Canada now. Yeah. So these are the two people that I would say probably first took me under their wings and kind of like pulled me to the right direction of what hip hop was about, kind of what is like the right way to approach it. And they just kind of like, it was like tough love, you know, like it wasn't like they, they handed everything to me on the plate. You really had to like 
work hard to gain some of the respect they gave me back or they see you working hard and then they start to feed me a little bit of knowledge here and there. So I was very lucky that early on in my um, kind of breaking career, I met these guys, you know, like to, to guide me in the right direction. So, yeah. And then um, I guess I basically start breaking the UK all the way till in 2014, I moved to Korea. I lived there for two years Crazy. teaching English. Oh no, 20, sorry. It was 20... Yeah, 2014. 2014 to 2016, I was living in Korea teaching English. And that's the time when I wanted to spend some time with Frog Gangs, my, my other crew, uh, trying to learn their culture, trying to learn a new language. And then uh, 2016, my family moved back to Hong Kong. So I thought, you know, I've never really lived in Hong Kong like properly. So I thought I would try and kind of live in Hong Kong for a bit and see how it is. So I'm still here right now. And um, this year has been a crazy year right? going around yeah. the world. You know, it doesn't really yeah. matter where you are. It's been a tough year. So um, with Hong Kong, it's a little bit extra tense because, you know, last year there was a protest going on, still ongoing till now. And then, of course, the, the virus thing as well is blowing up. So, yeah, that's basically where I am right now. Damn. I didn't know that you basically, you spent so much time in, uh, in the UK. Yeah, I mean, I, I spent so much time that I actually changed my nationality to become a UK citizen. Oh, for real? Yeah, so because I, 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 I was born in Hong Kong, but my dad is half Dutch. So I actually had a kind of like a Dutch citizenship because I was following my dad. But um, in order to teach English in Korea, they only look at what nationality you are as on the passport. I'm sure you know, like Canadian, yeah. American, New yeah. Zealand, Australia, you know, like all that. So they didn't accept me for having a Dutch passport. So if I want to teach English, it doesn't really matter if you have a degree in the UK, it doesn't matter, they look at your passport. Mm -hmm. So that moment I was like, yo, like, you know, I really wanted to pursue this, you know, idea of living in Korea. So I was like, you know what, let's just take the test, become a UK citizen. And then, you know, and luckily I, I got a job in, uh, in Korea teaching English. Yeah, that's crazy. Um... Yeah, I know that with, with those kind of jobs, they, they're they always looking for like native speakers. Yeah. Yeah, which which makes sense. But uh, yeah, that's crazy. I just, I didn't know that you had spent so much time in... Uh, Work. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, and you spent, yeah, you spent two years in Korea. Mm. What was, what was that like? You said you really wanted yeah, to live it there. Was a, <laughs> it was interesting. It was actually like a culture shock because I... Yeah. I got down with floor gangs, I think, 2008. So I started breaking in 2005, 2006. Mm -hmm. So, like, I, I kind of, like, got under the wing of Mouse, and he, he kind of taught me. And then, like, in 2008, he decided that he wanted to start, like, a floor gangs chapter in the UK. So uh, floor gangs is a career crew that was established in 2004. And mm -hmm. the mentality of floor gangs was basically, like, a brand-new old-school movement where they wanted to bring back the importance of footwork, foundation, and stuff like that. So Mouse was kind of like um, one of the first person who was asked to start a chapter in, in a different country. So the first chapter was China and then it was UK. So at that time I was lucky that I was learning from Mouse. And uh, I guess he saw something in me that he, he kind of wanted to see if he can start a new movement and he put me down in the, in the UK chapter. So since I got down with Floor Gangs in 2008, every summer I've been going to Korea to try to learn or meet the members so that I feel like, you know, I, I don't feel like a stranger to them. So every summer I would go spend a summer there 
connected with a lot of the members like Tino, like Vaughn, all those guys over the over the summer. So and then decided one time I was like 2013, the year uh, I was thinking of moving because 2014, the year after, was actually the 10 year anniversary of Logins because it started in 2004, right? So at that time, my my dream or kind of like my my plan was I wanted to to give back to the crew was I want to move to Korea for one and also to somehow help organize a 10 year anniversary event in, in Korea. So I decided to go, but then man, it, it was like definitely harder than I thought. Just the whole, you know, the culture, the, you know, the first day I arrived and I was like, yo, I, my Korean is limited. And I, all the, all the times when you go in the summertime, you thought all the homies usually in the summer holiday will hang out with you. Yeah. When you live there, you forget that actually everybody has a job you know yeah. not, not everybody's free right yeah. so it became it was kind of lonely at first because you go there and then you know language culture everything you know is new but then i guess that's that's how you learn and that's how you kind of like force yourself to speak korean even if it's whack you kind of like try to speak something and then over time you know people you know sort of see you trying and then they, they'll start to you know understand what you're trying to say so it was kind of like throwing myself in the deep end. I didn't really like plan it so much. I kind of just thought, okay, change my passport, got a job. Within a month, one, one month, I, I, was, I got a ticket and I flew out there. So yeah, it was cool. Like in, in the end, I was glad I did it because I, I learned a lot, not just mm -hmm. in the breaking sense, just in, in, in terms of living, yeah. in terms of new culture. Now I can you know, proudly say that Korea is sort of like my second home now, just because I've been there for two years, you know? Nice, nice. Yeah, that's you're a very international person. I, <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize. Yeah, you have that Dutch background. Did that? Did was your dad like at all uh, culturally Dutch? Uh, my dad is one of those. Uh, I think he was just. He, he still is. I think he's just one of those people that is kind of like a genius. It's a kid. Like he can speak like seven languages. Yeah. He he studied really well. His sports was fucking good. Like there's nothing that he couldn't do. Like he's one of the, those those guys that you would think like wow like how the hell did you do it like why are you like so able to be uh, academically so good sport so good like like he's one of those people that is just all-rounded you know like he was very inspiring to me as a kid just to see him able to, when we travel he would he would be able to speak that country's language and then next thing we know he'll be speaking a different language and i'm like yo how the hell do you do that <laughs> so that was very inspiring just to to be around as i was growing up to see him almost like a role model yeah, like he, he was strict, but then at the same time, because of his um, kind of Western background, he was a lot more easy to relate to than my mom. My mom was a traditional Chinese woman, whereas my dad was like more traveled. He was more like cultured. So I felt like there was a better connection in that sense. And he, he, it's probably because of him that I, I decided to, to travel so much because mm. I wanted to be like him, you know, like, you know, as a, as a role model. He was someone that I really looked up to as a kid. That's really good. Yeah. Did he did he grow up in uh, Holland or in the Netherlands? He grew up in a in a country called Suriname. I don't know if you know that country. This country is a country <laughs> in South America next to Brazil. Okay. So at that time, Suriname was a I think it still is. Suriname is a Dutch colony. So a lot of the the Dutch people at that at that time was living in Suriname. So that's where my dad was born. So he he grew up over there in the forest and with all these people like around him. So he was already exposed to many different cultures from a very young age hmm. which is i guess which is why he's more open-minded i guess you know sometimes when you when you are around that you know as a young age you see that and then you, you become more acceptance of other culture so that's probably why he was the way he is crazy 
yeah that's it i don't know i think that's a, a really good thing to have even aside from just open-mindedness and but being just exposed to a lot of different ideas different ways of thinking <laughs> i guess that's part of open-minded but yeah that's uh that's pretty cool um so now you're in hong kong mm. um you've been there for the last uh, four years, years now yeah 2016 was the year i came back from korea and that was your first time wait you grew up in hong kong too right well till i was nine so i was very yeah. young so yeah, i, yeah, I kind of yeah. like, i didn't really like lived i kind of yeah, I, was yeah. just a kid. I didn't really remember much so how has that been like coming back to this place that you maybe grew up in but you don't really have maybe too many memories or whatever like mm -hmm. strong memories and now i mean, I, I, I mean I, honestly at first when i came back i, I kind of hated it for for like a number of reasons just because you know growing up in the west i'm sure you agree you know in canada as well people people are just like nicer they're friendlier they're more open-minded they're just you know like you can walk down the street you can say like yo or good morning to them and they'll respond to you you know like you open a door for somebody they'll say thank you like little things like that that you know i mean when you come back to a con uh, a place like hong kong where everything is so hectic kind of like the tokyo the seoul the the, the hectic city you, you kind of like you miss that you miss that little thing like you miss just being able to walk slowly on the street without someone pushing you from behind like because they're so rushed or you know like people are just kind of like in general i think the pressure is so high here people just forget the, the basic like manners or courtesy yeah. compared to the west so yeah. one of the hardest thing for me to get used to was really just the people just the general the feeling of interaction between people that's something that it was very difficult at first and then um just i just find people kind of more they are more like i don't know rude i guess it's almost like they are just they, they have a purpose which is to go to work or they have to do go somewhere really quickly and they don't really care about the little things in between which was something that was difficult for me to get used to mm. but as time grow you know you learn you learn that's how it is and then you you, you start to adapt and you start to just like anywhere else you, you know you, you're trying to find the good things of the of the culture yeah and uh, hong kong is good in the sense that it's such a small place so everything is very easily you know like connected you can go somewhere very quickly it's a small city mm. uh, everything is very um reachable like you know whatever whatever time you need something is very easy to assess something so that's something that's good you know you can go from one side of hong kong to the other side in just like an hour or something so you know there's no really excuse for you not to be able to to find somebody or go to session somewhere or go to a jam because everything is so close so mm. that's that's the good thing you know everything is accessible the, the traffic is very easy transportation is very easy and also hong kong is very good for traveling around asia it's kind of like right. a central hub yeah for, for sure around. so like flights to japan to taiwan to korea china is all very cheap so that was also something that kind of attracted me to be here because you know i travel a lot so that's mm -hmm. good so you know you start to look at the positive from the place that you move and try to build on that so you know so i mean it's been four years so i'm kind of like more or less settled now but of course you get days where you, you you miss you know the the west and stuff like that do you do you see yourself staying there like long term probably not <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, based based on the whole political situation as well it's very uh, unstable yeah. 
And then the fact that I have a UK passport gives me like a, a plan B, you know, but of course, you know, for the time being, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty settled with my job, you know, I'm okay with what I'm doing. So mm. who knows, like for now, I'm just kind of like focusing on just building what I have right now and then see, yeah. see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, that's a good mentality, I think. Um, yeah, so you, you've got your work out there. You mentioned to me that you, your day job is a, like a counselor, right? <laughs> yeah. How did you how did you get into that? Oh, that's I mean, actually, this job as a counselor is my first job that is to do with my university degree. So when I was in the UK, I studied psychology for for my undergraduate, and then after psychology undergraduate, I did one more year of counseling in the master course. So, but then after I graduated, because at that time I kind of just did it just to kind of shut up my, my parents, because they were like, "Oh, you have to study." So I was like, fine, I'll do psychology. Since you guys are all doctors, I'll just do, I mean, I'll just do psychology. So I kind of did it more to just like let them know that I'm doing it. And it wasn't like I did it because I, my dream is to be a psychologist. It was never about that. It was just me like kind of wanted to, to, um, to please my parents in a way. I didn't want them to think I'm like a bum, I'm not studying. So I was like, okay, so I'll do that. And then I, I managed to get a degree. And then after that, I was a full-time b-boy for, for a few years and just kind of like doing workshop, teaching, judging to pay rent. So in the UK, I never actually did a job that was related directly to psychology. And then I went to Korea to teach English. So that's also not related to psychology until I came back here. And I was like, you know what? You know, I have a degree. Why don't I just, you know, see, see what I can do with it? Mm-hmm. So um, I got in touch with a company that kind of like helps the refugees in Hong Kong. So I don't know, a lot of people don't know this, but Hong Kong is one of the very few places in the world that accepts refugees from countries that kind of like have political warfare or some kind of torture stuff happening in their country. So the refugee leave the country and Hong Kong is one of the few countries that opened the door to accept these refugees because of a UN treaty they signed many years ago. So when I heard about that, I was like, oh, this is interesting. You know, the job mainly speaks English. You are going to meet a lot of different culture, which is what I like. And the pay was okay. So I went for the interview and luckily I got it. So it was kind of like my first job in Hong Kong. So it was like, I came back within two months. I already got into into this job and I've been working there since then. So, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's just something that that is very different from what I used to do. But at the same time, I feel like, just, you know, being around these people with their stories is, is very like, you know, when you help them, it's very fulfilling. You just mm-hmm. know that, you know, you are there to, to, to help these people in Hong Kong. And at the same time, you get some kind of um, fulfillment from it, which is good. Yeah, that's, that's a really good thing, I think. Uh, I swear there's something like in humans that we, we're rewarded. Maybe it's in our like genetics that helping Work. people makes us feel good, right? Yeah, I think it's the whole mentality that hip hop has about giving yeah. back. Yeah. It's the same thing, you know. It's just seeing that you have an impact somehow on people's life is it's already very rewarding, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like uh, I think that's one of the more the powerful things about hip hop is that that message that it preaches like you know, peace, love, unity, having fun, all that and and knowledge too. For sure. Yeah. Um that's really cool though. Yeah uh how how does it work with like balancing your day job and then doing like breaking stuff is it is it is breaking kind of like 
getting less and less and you're doing more with your day job or are you still finding this good balance between the two things that you want to do um, i mean just i mean with even without this job i feel like you know when you get older like i'm 35 now you, you know at the same time you know you, you listen to your body more you know i do mm -hmm. a lot of footwork i'm sure you do like the knees are telling you like yo chill you know <laughs> and i dance on concrete a lot so, you know, over the years, you, you learn that because I had injuries before as well. I'm sure you have. You learn to like not push as much as you used to. So you learn to like, like how your body works. So like, I know if I session two days in a row on the third day, I need to chill. That's just how I, I just know my body. Mm -hmm. So in time, you know, with the job and with everything, you learn that, okay, you start to have a little kind of like a schedule that you have in your mind that every week you kind of know okay, the first two days, I'm going to focus on breaking, and then I'll have a day where I do a workout. So I just do upper body or core workout, and then I'll do like a session where I just do rocking. And then, you know, you start to have little, little routines that you do so that you maximize the time that you have. I wouldn't say it, it collides with my work schedule because my, my, luckily for me, my work is just nine to six. Very rarely I have the overtime. So in the evening, I have a lot of time by myself. Mm -hmm. so if anything because of my some, sometimes my job is very emotionally draining because I'm dealing with people's lives every day yes. you know like um, some clients complain to you some clients are angry at you some clients are struggling with their lives so you're dealing with a lot of negative energy most of the time so I feel like just having that outlet I'm sure you agree like with breaking or with any art form when it's like an outlet for you to release whatever you have inside of you that you know just let go of it so I see it more like um, more kind of like an outlet now with breaking, you know, instead of worrying about, oh, this session I have to work on da -da -da -da, makeup patterns or whatever, whatever. I try to just kind of like put the music on and, and just kind of like let loose. And sometimes you create some, sometimes you don't. But I, I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like it's just it's just about, you know, unleashing that, that feeling that you have in that moment. So I, I feel like you, I look at breaking a little bit different over the, over the years and, you know, with other stuff involved now. So. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, definitely. I think, you know, mentalities over time, it should change, right? Cause of course, of course. you're not the same person you were like 10 years ago or even five years ago, or even mm -hmm. maybe last year. Right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's good though. Um, Every, yeah, everyone needs something like something to, to some kind of outlet, whether mm. it's dancing or whether it's art or whether it's music or whether it's, you know, good conversations. You know? Word. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know how you do because I mean, I see you sessioning and, you know, you, you look like you are in a very creative environment when I see you break and some of the content you release, you know, like all that stuff. So. Like I, I personally struggle lately of doing that kind of stuff because before I'm, I'm sure, you know, just like me, like Shadow Rock, Bounce, you know, you have a lot of ideas and you want to create patterns, you want to create, you want to do things according to the concept that you were taught. But honestly, like the last year or two, that's been more of a struggle for me. Rather than creating as much, I've become more free when I want to go off, but rather than creating. So I'm neglecting the creative side of it a little bit. Which is why I find it interesting when I see you release contents because, you know, a lot of the stuff you do, you're still pushing for that content. You're still pushing for new patterns and stuff like that. Yeah, but like it's it's kind of similar. It's funny that you mentioned that. It's really similar uh, kind of mental shift that I've gone through because before that I was a very like, uh, what's the word, like kind of patterns or sets. I didn't really do patterns, but I had like sets and moves mm -hmm. that I would do. I would try and freestyle in between them and stuff like that. Right. Um, but 
in a lot of ways, I was very like rigid in my thinking. Hmm. I had to have some kind of plan. And then when that plan messed up, I really got like thrown off work. and it was hard to kind of recover. And in hmm. only in like recent years, have I started to kind of really, or like the, the, the gates opened on like what it really means to freestyle or, or this kind of, this kind of thing. And now I'm just maybe for the past, like two years, three years, I've been like really trying to explore that. What does it mean to really mm -hmm. create on the spot and stuff like that? And you realize like it's, it's a big combination between the two. Yeah, man. You have to be really orderly and mm -hmm. disciplined and regimented and have like this stuff that you've got down so Word. that you don't have to think about it anymore. And then it just mm -hmm. comes out and then you're allowed to release more and let go more. And so free are, you doing like, are you doing drills a lot? Like in terms of something that you created, do you drill it? Like, like muscle memory, you're uh, trying to like get muscle memory going? Now I've, I haven't done that too much lately. Um, just because I've been trying, I've, in a way I've been drilling freestyle. Mm. in that sense of like okay just let go and just see what comes out and really try and like right. uh, mentally like calm down i guess when mm. when you're in the moment yeah calm down and recognize situations and stuff like that and see where you can go or if you're repeating recognize that you're repeating and mm. and try and okay come back to it but come back to it in a different way or something like that right, right. so but just recently, like the last month or so, I've kind of been getting back into trying to drill stuff more and get the mm. mechanics down, trying to set, a, set aside some time during practices to actively create ideas. Word. But yeah, it's like, I was like going really far one direction for mm. exploration. And now I'm kind mm. of like, okay, I understand a lot more. I got to, bring it back a bit more and, work, and work, work. learn more of this stuff yeah so yeah and a lot of stuff like is coming from stuff that i'm reading in yeah like psychology or buddhism or just other other random work. areas and they're, they're bringing in inspiration that's dope inspiration is everywhere right it's dope. yeah i think that's a really important thing mm. yeah um but kind of coming back, coming back to you, uh, mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you, cause we, we mentioned a bit before <clears throat> about yeah, hip hop and like kind of giving back and or yeah. helping people and this kind of stuff. And to me, like I see these, um, Instagram live conversations mm -hmm. that you've been having lately as what? one of those things, one of those ways to give back mm -hmm. and like, promote conversation promote sharing of knowledge and <clears throat> excuse me this kind of stuff which to me is one of the things that's really lacking in mm -hmm. in the breaking scene right now sure. yeah um can you tell maybe the people listening watching maybe what what you're doing and how it came about and that kind of thing I mean, uh, I think with the lockdown or with the, with the whole virus situation, it, it kind of gave a lot of us a lot of time on our hands and 
it gave us a lot of time to to be creative like you know for me luckily I, i'm still able to do what i do in terms of practicing because i practice a lot by myself i'm sure you do as well so in that sense it didn't really affect us in terms of we won't have any practice spot to go to in that sense but i just feel like it, it created a, a gap in, in the sense where there's a place where you can explore creatively about what you can do not only to enhance myself but at the same time trying to like benefit the community so what you were saying you know, especially <clears throat> about conversation that people have. I feel like that is something that definitely lacks in the scene in general, but more so in Asia. Because I live in Korea and you live in Japan. I live in Hong Kong now. One of the things that I notice a lot with Asian countries, of course, this is just from my opinion, is that I feel like a lot of them, uh, it's almost like they are, they, they are too too proud to admit that they want they should go back to the foundation or go back to the roots or go back to learning history they almost like a lot of the times i feel like they act like they already know a lot or they act like they already know enough so that they don't really put themselves to the position where they go back to the beginning of being a student and learning again and another thing is you know the whole language as well in hong kong people the english level is not great japan korea same yeah yeah so they become very um self-conscious when it comes to approaching a foreigner asking questions they might feel like my question is dumb or maybe my english is not good enough they won't understand what i'm asking so that's something that i notice a lot around you know when i'm in asia and um with this opportunity in the in the quarantine in the lockdown situation i feel like it's, it was a good excuse for me to kind of like reach out to these people that i look up to or some of these people who are pioneers in the scene that I've met, but I actually never really got the chance to sit down and talk to them. Maybe we just had a beer, but I never really got to really dig deep and prick their, prick their brains a little bit. So mm -hmm. I was like, hey, why not? Like, everyone is kind of doing like Instagram live now. Everyone is doing like chats and stuff. So instead of just doing um, a, a no direction kind of a, a casual chat, I wanted to make it something more structured. Mm -hmm. So that's why I created kind of like a, a conversation with royalties, which is one of the chat series that I did. It just basically mean royalties royalties in the sense that these guys for me personally they are like in the hip-hop history kind of like thing they are like royalties to me because i look up to them and i wanted to focus on people that i've met personally rather than just kind of like oh, okay i uh, crazy legs is special so i should talk to him or mm -hmm. yeah. but i never really met them so it will be diff difficult for me to to talk to them in the sense that i don't know them personally so that's why the people that i've talked to is because i not only have I met them in real life, like we share some kind of story as well. But at the same time, of course, I would love to hear what they have to share. And that's what I've been trying to do. And I mean, with, with social media now, everything is easily, you know, shared. Like if, you, if you're interested, you can just click, you know, to, to listen to, you know, I'm not going to force you to listen to it, but it's there, you know, it's available. If, if you're yeah. interested in what one had to say or Mauricio or whoever, you know, you're welcome to click and you can share it to whoever. If you're teaching, share it to your student or if you're studying yourself, you know, like listen to it. Because I'm like, I'm like a geek in that sense. If I really into something, I want to dig deeper and deeper. Like these guys are like heroes of mine. You know, I want to hear everything. I want to hear the little stories that, that might not be useful to a lot of people. But for me, that's really cool to hear that, to hear Paul one used to go to like sneak into the movie theaters to watch Flashdance just for that one minute of Rocksteady Crew, like things like that, you know, like this is like gold for me. So I just feel like if, if this is useful for me, I'm sure there'll be people out there who is similar position that I, like me that would find that useful. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like, you know, not only benefiting myself, but I thought, you know, why not just share it to people who are interested? Yeah, for sure. And like, I was just reading this thing today and they were talking about 
can't remember exactly, but it's basically talking about, you know, older generation people. We have this mentality and it mm-hmm. maybe it's gotten worse over time. Like the book is a little bit older, but this idea that as people get older, their opinion like gets less relevant and, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, well, they're just, you know, that's, that's grandpa or whatever. And like, wait, 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 you know, wait. we don't care about yeah. life or whatever, like where we just don't know, like kids don't mm-hmm. know. And uh, like me personally, I've become like more and more interested in my parents' life and yeah, uh, what they what they were doing before, and so even just hearing these stories, and then like yeah, you know, like these people have lived uh, so much longer than mm-hmm. most most of these people, the younger kids, right? Yeah, like they've lived several of these younger generation kids' lifetimes What's in their own life, right? And they've seen all kinds of things and like there's value in that in in people's experiences and you know whether whether you like agree with everything they say is another thing that's you know you don't have to agree with everything they say but it's always good to listen to them and Mm -hmm. and you know give these people an opportunity to to share what they have share the knowledge that they have yeah so i think that's a great thing that you're doing Mm, I mean, I agree. Just, just like you said, a lot of people nowadays, especially new generation, they feel like just because the older guys are no longer active right now, they feel like their words are not relevant. Rather, they'll rather listen to the current BC1 champion talk, but they forget that the current BC1 champion actually learned from the people before that. Yeah. But they forget that layer. You know, they just look at the, the layer that they see. Yeah. And that's why, um, and that's probably why at the same time, a lot of the older generation becomes quite bitter because they they don't get the recognition they deserve. So some of them turned, became more negative. And I mean, you know, it kind of, it kind of like has an impact on each other. You know, if you're not going to give respect to the older guys and they were going to be- become bitter and they don't respect the new generation. So it becomes more like a problem both ways. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if you, if you learn to listen, like you said, take a moment to listen, you might not have to agree with them. I don't agree with everything that they say, but I think it's important to just, you know, let them speak, listen to it. And then you keep an open mind to to cross reference and what you think is you know i think that's just something that people need to learn especially the generation after myself and yourself like you know the younger guys need to learn more about that Mm -hmm. yeah or even just like you know people talk about history or you know 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 the history of these things and some kids might be wondering why what do i why do i have to know about new york Mm. or this kind of thing like you know, I'm just learning this dance and it's got these moves. And if I know these moves, like I can do the dance. And like, maybe that's true, but there is a lot to be said about if you know where something comes from, you can understand Mm. the mentality behind the movement or, you know, like I heard just, I was listening to your, your talk with Poe one and it got me thinking about an older interview with him where he's talking about listening to, um, I, forget, I think it was a James Brown song and just mm. like really listening to the song. And if mm. you understand the song and kind of the context of when it was made and what was going on, yeah. like, you can understand the, the way, like the reason why, why breaking might be the way it is. Or mm-hmm. you know, if you understand like the way that, um, I don't know, the UK was back in the day, like you might understand why those guys break the way they do or why they approach it the way they do or, or wherever any, everywhere has its own history. Right. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I think it's really important that that these conversations get documented and that there's more and more like opportunities for people to share knowledge and stuff like that. I think sure. the podcast boom that's happened over the last yeah, definitely. Man. Podcast now. <laughs> yeah, in a way, right? Or it's yeah. like video content, like different kinds of content. It's not all just because for so long, I think breaking content, at uh. least on YouTube, is like here are the top 10 threads and here's like <laughs> five patterns that beginners should know or something like that. Yeah. You know, those, those serve their purpose too. But mm. I think we're starting to get to a point where people are looking for more and you just need people like yourself to yeah, word. take it upon themselves to, to create these new areas. Um, yeah. Uh, I wanted to talk about <clears throat> like you, you break and maybe that's like your, your big passion, but you're also like involved in other aspects of hip hop culture, right? Like, you you're an active uh, writer Word. and do you dj at all i'm learning to but i suck right now <laughs> yeah. everyone's got to start somewhere right um but yeah like you you write and maybe can you talk a little bit about how you got into that and maybe just like some of your own personal history with that or i mean i started writing writing mainly because i i you know i'm sure you have been through that when you, you hit a wall in breaking like there was i think 20 2013 kind of just before i moved to korea i was kind of like you know stuck in breaking i feel like i, I lacked motivation i was not really inspired so i actually started writing because i went on mr wiggle's website and on, on mr wiggle's website there is like some kind of like beginners tips of how to start writing or a little like tutorial something like that so I started just kind of like writing my name a little bit. And then I started to find out that there's a lot of b-boys actually in the scene who also writes. I, I didn't know that was a total, a total different scene with hip hop. There was graffiti as well. So when I moved to Korea, I was like, got connected to some of the people, one of the b-boys called b-boy Vex, he's from Matt Flow Crew. So I got, in, uh, got connected with him, I got really close to him. And then he was the one that already writes. So he kind of took me under his wing in a way. He took me to his crew. Uh, he took me to some legal spots where we start to like write, buy spray cans, start to bomb a little bit, you know, got in trouble, you know, like all that stuff that, you know, connected to writing. But, you know, at that time I was like, I feel like I, I fucked up because, you know, you, you know, got in trouble with the law and stuff like that. But then I guess, you know, with writing, that is just kind of the game, you know, you kind of get, you learn, you know, you learn the, the hard way, you know, you get, get really like, down because you got caught or whatever but that's also part of learning graffiti so ever since then I've you know graffiti has been a second kind of outlet for me whenever I feel like breaking is kind of like stuck or if I need an extra inspiration I would go into writing so I have my black book I when I meet people in different countries now I carry my black book with me so not only do we kind of like connect on the breaking tips uh, afterwards we were like oh you write too can you write on my book or I can write yeah. in your book yeah. So when I go to a jam now, I always ask the organizer if there's a day where there's some writers that can go paint. I, can I go paint together? So I try to like, not only do I just connect in the breaking tip, I try to also connect in the, in, the, in the writing tip as well. And that's just mainly like back to the point of where I felt like, you know, as you learn more about the culture, you want to branch out more and you want to learn that actually hip hop. Because like when you speak to some of the, the OGs, they always say to you when they started, there was no such thing as you start off as a b-boy. 
when you start it, you just start off with everything. You know, like yeah. a lot of the guys that you know started off in the '80s or '70s, even it, it came with a package. You know, anyone who break can 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 rap, can can paint, can do everything, can MC, can DJ. It was all just like a big package. And I feel like in this generation, it became separated, you know, for whatever reason. So it is good that to try to connect this, you know, it doesn't mean you have to be an amazing MC or amazing writer just to be connected. Just, I think just to explore, to try, you know, if you like it, then of course stick to it. If you don't like it, it's okay. That's like, you know, with DJing, like I, I suck at it, but it was just because I wanted to try, you know, I got myself a controller. I want to understand what, what merry-go-round used to be like with Kuhurk what was beat matching and, you know, just to have an understanding of that art form will help you expand your mind to, to want to dig deeper in the culture. You know, like, yeah. I feel like that's just fun. It's more fun than just thinking about breaking is just this dance and that's it. You know, mm -hmm. it's just one very small part, you know, to expand, you know, you, you learn more. So I, I feel like with graffiti here now, I try to paint as much as I can. I I'll hit up some homies in the weekend. If I'm bored, we'll go to the paint shop, get some cans and we'll find somewhere to, to get, get up. I don't really bomb as much anymore because you know, I'm getting older. Of course, you have more responsibility. There's, you know, I have a job, all that other stuff. You don't want to take too much risk now. But, um, you know, it's just to keep yourself inspired by doing other art form too. Yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, I think that's one thing that, that can really get to people sometimes. They get too much like tunnel vision on, yeah, sure. on what they're doing and, you know, I mean, there's there's benefits to that of going really deep into something and working mm -hmm. through those times well, when well, you're getting well. stuck. But definitely, like, I'm a big fan of the more you know, the more you can, even if breaking is your focus, the more you can mm -hmm. draw back into breaking to get inspiration. And like, definitely. that'll help you get past these blocks and stuff. Like, oh, I'm not well, feeling creative. And you just go and write for a bit or you just go and DJ or something like that. And then the act of doing these different things, your brain will start like matching, mashing mm. them up, I think. Yeah, true. And like anything, it doesn't even have to be just hip hop. Yeah. yeah even like martial arts, sports, yeah. anything. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw you were like, uh, you're a big soccer fan, right? Yeah, it's like grew up in Manchester, you know, so it's, it's a big yeah. thing for me. Is that, is that your team? Yes, Man United, all day. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Um, the, one of the other things that I saw that you've been doing recently, I don't know how long you've been doing it, but you've been doing, speaking of things outside of breaking, but maybe kind of related, um, you've been doing like these 10 song, 10 song <laughs> yeah. rocking sessions. Word. Uh, how did that start? Um, do you know Shingo? Yeah. Oh, so Shingo is a, is a really old friend of mine. So we are from the same crew in the UK back in 2006, 2007. Our crew was called Four Riders. So that crew was my very first crew in the UK called Four Riders from Manchester. So we used to both live in Manchester. So it's crazy how we're still like close and we're still connected. So basically he went on like a, he basically quit his job in London and started traveling around the world. Like, <laughs> he was literally everywhere and that's yeah. probably where you met him like he's like everyone knows him it's like yeah everywhere. yeah it's crazy <laughs> he's another so he guy got i gotta talk to maybe he got, into, he got into rocking i got into rocking and then he went to russia which is like a i guess russia is like a big kind of like a rocking scene now in russia it's all blooming with you know with rocking 
So he went there, and uh, one time he came to Hong Kong, and just we just met up because it was like a long time I haven't seen him. So I took him to a session, and at that time we were both kind of into rocking. So I was like, oh okay, like you know, let's you know, let's have a few songs, let's rock. And then I was like, so what was it like in Russia? Like when you went, and he was saying that in Russia, that's how they practice. They used to just there will be so many rockers there when they show up to the session, they will just line up in a passion line, and then they, the song will just keep going. Like one song finished, you just change partner. Next song, change partner. Next song, change partner. Hmm. So I heard they just do like 10 songs or something like that every session. And I found that really useful and really interesting too. So I was like, oh, how about we just we try it today? So we did it. I was like, yo, this is pretty dope. It's, it's really tiring. But then you start to learn how to control your stamina. You start to change up the different songs. Some song is more freestyle. Some song is more jerking involved. Mm-hmm. So you do that. And then... During the lockdown period, I'm like, yo, like, uh, you, you can't come to Hong Kong, I can't come to Japan, but you know, you want to do like a 10 song session that we used to do. So we start doing it on like a normal, like a video call. And then more and more people saw it and then they were like, yo, we want to do it. So we start adding them into the group. So now when you, now whenever we do it, I'm like, yo, Shingo, today at Japan, 10 p.m., like, let's do it. So me and him will start and then suddenly you will see people joining into the video call. There's like six people now. <laughs> so it, I mean it's just it's just for fun I mean that you know yeah. with, with social media or video or zoom and all this stuff of course it's not the same as a real session we all know that you know mm-hmm. just like the online battles we all know it's not going to be the same but you're just going to make use of what what you can in this time where people can't travel people can't see each other for real so at the same time you know the music you are listening to is still the same you're still listening to 10 songs you're still dancing to 10 songs and it's just that somebody is there on the other side of the camera, like kind of like feeling that vibe from you. So yeah, it was just more something that was kind of fun. And, um, and also it's a good way to, to stay connected to the people. You know, it's just fun to, to see Shingo or to see whoever is down and just have, have, have a good time. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's a good mentality, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And you... Yeah, you've got a lot of connections to a lot of different people. I think we have a lot of common friends, actually. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think that's kind of kind of like what happens with the if you if you start traveling with breaking. Mm. It's like I was talking with Rory, like he mentioned it that breaking has this kind of mentality that, like, wherever you go, people are so welcoming that. It's like, oh, you break too? Oh, okay, yo, come hang, come chill with us. And like, they just take you in. Yeah, definitely. Maybe, maybe they've never even met you. They're first time meeting you. Like, You'll be sleeping in the house. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what happened the first time we went to, um, to Europe. Mm. Uh, me and Mark. And like, we didn't know. We were like, okay, we'll just stay. We'll stick around for a while. And then through, I don't know if you know JK. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, so so she had a random connection with with this guy Vinny from Belgium, and he had never met us, but he was like, oh, "Okay, they're friends of J.K. I know J.K. She's cool, so you know, I'll let you know they can come chill with me. They can stay at my place and stuff like that. If they're if they suck, then <laughs> I'll just kick them out. But like, yeah, it was that kind of thing that we just we'd never met him before, and he was super friendly, and like now he's like one of my good friends that. We still we still talk i had him uh on this this whatever video podcast kind of right. thing um and then that same trip like uh two dudes from toronto 
that were also in Europe at the same time for the same jam. Wow. They were like, yo, we're just going to chill with you. And we're like, ah, uh, but we're going with this guy. Like, you can <laughs> ask him or we can ask him, but like, I don't know. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, sure. It uh, doesn't matter. You guys can just stay with me. So it was just like, yeah, that's definitely yeah, a very yeah, yeah. yeah and i think that's one of the most beautiful things about it yes. is like you know it doesn't matter who you are where you're from like we're we all just connect through this this thing that we love right well, sure. and the message of it is so beautiful of like yeah. just have fun uh, and let go and there's any other i mean i haven't experienced anyway any other connection the same way that hip hop has, you know, like, uh, been, we've been to, you know, we've all been to places where sometimes you literally have nowhere to stay and B-boys put you up on the floor, on the sofa. And then at the same time, when they come to your hood, you return the favor, you know, that, that is just beautiful. Just how, yeah. and then, you know, like you said, after all these years, you guys become best friends. They come to your wedding or some shit. You go to yeah. their wedding, right? Things like that. It's incredible. Yeah. This is yeah. all because of hip hop. And yeah. it's insane, you know? And like, it's cool that you can, you can kind of connect with people from all over the world mm. and like i don't know this is one thing that uh you know english it happens to be the common language for a lot of people and you can get into the history of why that is but at the end of the day it is what it is and maybe in the future it'll be like who knows mandarin or something like that and then maybe everyone will be speaking mandarin but like having some language that that everyone even knows like on a base level goes really mm -hmm. far of like connecting people too so like here in japan like some people can't speak perfect english but they can speak enough and that yeah. was enough to connect past like you know hey we like breaking and mm -hmm. let's go let's go to the izakaya or something like that but yeah. you start to really get to know people through that and like um yeah it's i think it's, it helps also if if you're if you when you do travel or if you travel by yourself you you have the mentality where you would reach out to people because mm -hmm. one of the things that i also find with a lot of b-boys in uh, in here from here when they travel because they travel in a group so when they go mm -hmm. over there they're sticking in their group so they're not really like reaching to other people and then they come back here and you're like yo so who did you meet and they're like oh nobody i'm like what <laughs> went to like pizza session but you didn't connect with somebody yeah so i feel like that's also the mentality of the individual too you have to be willing to when you go somewhere to put yourself in an uncomfortable position to 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 introduce yourself to people you know to just talk to people to to after party to drink with people to do whatever like whatever you yeah. can to connect because i yeah. feel like that's an opportunity that might never come again look at this year this year is pretty much gone like you can't travel mm -hmm. now because mm -hmm. You know, if you were able to travel before, you make use of the opportunity, you build connection over time. And like you said, connection is built because of traveling to events and something happening in that event that kind of make you connect with that person. But if you are always close-minded when you travel or you're too afraid to speak English or whatever reason, then that limits your opportunity to, to connect. And that's, I feel like, something that, that a lot of Asian b-boys and b-girls could, could learn to just, you know, put yourself out there. It's okay to try to speak a little bit of English no one's gonna laugh at you like you know when i go to korea i couldn't speak any korean but i, I still try to say something and then they they'll see that you're trying and then they'll help you out and that's how you you know your connection yeah. well well you know like this is why i think uh this is like a big since i moved to japan and started teaching english and maybe you kind of 
saw this too or felt this too but like you know the way that you go about learning a language it really made me understand like how you learn anything really but especially the connection between language and breaking because these are both things that in a way they're like performative so you know when you're speaking a language Mm-hmm. you have to put yourself out there and there's someone else that you're talking to or there's people listening or watching yeah. or whatever and so it has it's always going to have that uncomfortable time oh, sure. especially at the beginning right yeah, definitely and, so, and that's a big hurdle for a lot of people yeah. learning a language right any language it's the same for me using japanese yeah. like mm-hmm. sometimes i don't want to do something because i'm too shy like yeah 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 i don't know how to say this right and it's the mm-hmm. same kind of thing this is when it really clicked that when you're when you like say there's a circle or or even a competition or whatever like when you're dancing that's mm. you going out there and like saying something exactly right? I, was, I you know I, this and i mean this in a different level than like you know breaking has a beginning middle and end and like that's mm-hmm. like a you know you put the you know the period and like there's the subject and whatever that kind of thing like it's literally saying something but not through verbal means Mm, you're expressing yeah. something like and one of the things that i gotta look into it more but it's one thing that i heard about and it really kind of got me thinking is like movement movement is the language that existed before movement and like say music maybe are these are like language before spoken word yeah existed, true. right and Very so true. like the way that say a circle operates or battle operates or whatever is the same way that you know like we're having a good conversation here right you can think of that as any time you've been in a circle where it's like it's just flowing and yeah there's no no one's like talking over like trying to dance at the same time yeah, and the, the way they move to to communicate with each other like conversation. yeah yeah and you just know who's next and yeah. people like they just let the person oh yeah you want to speak okay you go mm-hmm. you make it clear like you might say like these little things like in a conversation you're like yeah but, mm, okay and i'll wait wait oh, yeah. clearly finished okay now i jump in mm-hmm. and like it's the same kind of thinking that goes on i agree that kind of thing yeah that's the that, and that, those are the ones that it's the best ciphers those those ciphers are the best ones when 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 nothing needs to be said or nothing <clears throat> is done forcefully and the energy mm-hmm. is just right and everyone is just going off because the energy was like building up to a point where everyone is just going off yeah. like what bounces in the, the breaking point when everyone is kind of like you know like just going in and you know people are just vibing nobody's talking mm-hmm. but the conversation is really fluid yeah that's yeah those are the cypher that that, that that is the best ones to be in yeah and i think like sometimes i see these things where it's like people talking about like cypher etiquette and this kind of mm-hmm. stuff and like understanding the rules and stuff and I think one of the best ways to explain to people, like, how do you act in a, in a cypher, in a circle, or whatever, like, just think, how would you talk to someone? Exactly. Like, in a conversation, how, how do you, what do you think is a good conversation? Hmm. All of those rules, that applies in the circle. Yeah. You know, don't cut people off. Uh, understand what's going on, what, what's yeah. the topic, right? If you go to a circle and everyone's top rocking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very true. Yeah. Or if it's like, you know, a circle of it, it's like old friends and stuff like that. Mm. 
you know, or just like all legends or something. And there's just something else is going on there. Maybe you just go and you watch. You don't have to yeah. jump in. Yeah. That, that's very true. I always say, you know, when, whenever I talk about cypher is uh, the importance of observing, mm -hmm. the importance of just sometimes don't get too excited, take a step back, look at the circle, observe what's happening first yeah. before you decide if you can put your energy into that conversation. Or sometimes the best thing to do is not add your energy in that conversation because that conversation may not, may not be for you. And sometimes the best thing to do is to step away and go to a different cypher because maybe, like you said, if it's an OG or vibing, it's not really your place to talk it. Yeah. And then other than ruining the conversation for everybody, it's good to observe and understand that actually this is not the moment for you to speak. So then you go to a different cypher. Cyphers are everywhere. You don't have to, yeah. you know, be in that particular circle. So I feel like that's a very good point. You know, people need to learn to, to observe more rather than just trying to be so hype all the time. And cypher is, you know, cypher is, is an art form in, its own, in itself. So, yeah. But like, you know, there's a there's this, this kind of balancing act that mm. has to go on because part of part of the like breaking culture is get your get your name out there rep your, yeah. you know, your build that reputation and how do you do that by like stepping mm. into these un, you know uh, circles that maybe you don't belong into but you make them know yeah. you belong but it's like you know you got to balance it out yeah you need to find the right timing as well the balance you know i'm yeah. sure like i think with experience i think people will learn like whether it's a good time for you to prove yourself or mm. whether that moment is more like a time for you to vibe or for you to observe but again that that depends on the situation for sure yeah but you know going back to that kind of thing that we were talking about before like you know you can you make mistakes right mm. and and that's okay as long as you learn from them, right? Well, sure. You know? And that th those are the things that that make you learn the most, more than you know, getting doing something and getting props and stuff. That's nice, but you're gonna learn a lot more from going into a circle that you shouldn't have gone into, and everyone's like, <laughs> just at you or something like that, or everyone yeah, like, sure. you know, yeah, stuff like that. So it's just the same as language, right? Mm. That's that's a big thing. Um, Oh yeah, I, now I remembered what I wanted to say. We were talking about <laughs> people, people traveling, right? Mm. Um, and I think like, you know, you're a really good example of someone who, and your dad too, like you said, they, you've been exposed to all these different places and different ideas and stuff. And so you have this open mind and like, mm. um, it's something that came up a lot with some of yeah, the Japanese, my Japanese friends that I've talked with. And you know, like it's that first time when you go somewhere and like maybe everyone would, would experience this too. When you're going somewhere where it's not, there's no, nothing familiar. There's no common language, nothing. So mm. you're put into those uncomfortable situations yeah. and stuff. So, uh, yeah, like I think that's something really important that people have to do is me and Mark always, my buddy Mark, we always mm. talk about like getting uncomfortable, uh, comfortable with the uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's like, that's a big, just kind of life, life lesson, I guess. A break. Yeah, and that's, into that. and that's the, the best time to grow, I guess, when you are uncomfortable. And that's what, always, that's what Paul one always preaches in his workshop. It's always push us, put yourself out there to feel uncomfortable in mm. order to feel comfortable. Just like what yeah, you were saying. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the best way to get growth because, 
you know, you're not doing something that you already know. You're really forcing yourself to try to do something that you can do. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, the worst that can happen is what the people don't understand you. Then you can try again, and then eventually they understand you. This, you know, the it is scary for sure for everybody <clears throat> into a place or new culture. But I guess my way of dealing with things like that was just like thinking of what's the worst that can happen, really. Like people don't yeah. understand you, then that's it. You, you find somebody yeah. else to talk to. Eventually, someone will understand you. So it's the same way as it, approaching anything like that. Is I guess trying to you know be comfortable with uncomfortable, like you said. Yeah, but I think too, like this is stuff that I've kind of recently, you know, I was talking about mm. reading about psychology and reading about Buddhism, which I realize is a lot of overlap. Mm-hmm. Um, but stuff like getting understanding yourself too, and that's a that's a big part of yeah. life if you want to be able to get used to these uncomfortable situations, like you have to kind of learn to kill your ego. Yeah, for sure. That's true. 100%. Yeah. And like that when people say like, Oh, just don't care about what people think. Like that's Mm -hmm. the exercise that you have to do. Like in order to get there, in order to get there is like examine, (laughs) okay, who do you think you are? And then destroy that, you know? Yeah. And then you're free to be anyone, right? Exactly. Like, you know, do any, like, nothing matters. Well, not nothing matters. That's a bad way of putting it. But, yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's where it's kind of late for me. I've got to get to bed. How is this chat going to be released? Like, I mean, I don't really know what a Patreon is, but I know, like, a lot of Canadian guys are using it. <laughs> yeah so puzzle uses it Anton uses it i think and i just see this patreon thing keep popping up on my feed but I'll, i don't really know what it is i'll probably cut this because it's <laughs> not really important well i don't know whatever we'll see if it's interesting but basically the what it is is um it's basically a platform okay so if you think the best way that i i understood it is mm-hmm. like if you think back to the old like what is it maybe like Victorian days of like say Shakespeare or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you had these people doing these artistic works and stuff, but yeah. you were, I guess the best modern day equivalent is like you commission someone, you want someone to make something. Ah, so you okay. pay them money and then they make it right. Yeah. Back then it was called, you know, you might've heard the expression like a patron. I'm a patron of the arts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like, you know, you're a supporter. You, you want to, yeah, you might pay, it depends on this, how they set up their Patreon mm. account or the page or whatever. But it, that's the general premise is like, okay, people want to, these people want to support whatever art you're creating. So you give them a, a space to, to do that, right? Word, word. There's all kinds of different ways, but that's just one way. And word. then you have, you can set it up with different tiers and they can support at different levels and then you can have it where it's just a purely support thing and like a donation page basically to support your art, or you can have it where uh, they, depending on the level that they're at, it will, Mm -hmm. you can give something back like, Hey, here's some behind the scenes stuff or some of the stuff that I, I like took a lot of inspiration from other like YouTube channels and things like Mm -hmm. that. So it's like you get your name in the credits of the video as a supporter or, Mm -hmm. This next level so then 
the next level up is like I started doing these just for fun as a way of keeping sane when I'm like by myself here all the time <laughs> conversations so that was a thing of like okay if you support at this level you get access to these exclusive interviews ah, and then I, I released like part of it so it's shifted over time it w originally was like this is exclusive but then I started feeling like okay well I need something to maybe drive people towards mm. it if they want to see it so I would cut part of this like maybe hour hour and a half conversation and put that on YouTube for free but now I'm like I some of the stuff like we're getting into really cool topic uh. stuff and so like even if you're only getting a little bit like there's a lot of knowledge is still being locked behind the paywall even though it's a small paywall mm. it's always tough to get people to, to commit right yeah, um sure. so i started thinking like all right well maybe it can shift towards a timed kind of exclusive so that or the video will stay exclusive and then they get access to it much earlier and then mm -hmm. the podcast like audio stuff which is easier to listen to that can, that can be free but it'll be like a month behind or something like that yeah. that's really cool so it's just you know a way you know different ways of monetizing your your art mm -hmm. right and so that's people really have cool. done like puzzles does it a different way like he just does workshops i think Anton yeah. is the same thing yeah. Uh, there's another guy, he started doing podcasts about um, the Montreal scene. Mm, cool. So, and maybe that'll grow into something else. But I think it's cool that so many people are starting these different yeah, For sure. things. And like, you know, you give people an option. If they want to support it, they can support it. And I think there's a lot of people that want to support things. Like, I think there's a, there's a, weird mentality of like you know there's no money in the breaking scene and everyone's broke yeah. or something like that like yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. there's less or i don't know i don't think so yeah there's always a way i think to monetize yeah it. and it's just it's just like well yeah that's a complicated question to answer but <laughs> i i don't think there's you know it's impossible yeah there's always a way i think there's always a way yeah and mm -hmm. it's like the more you can kind of embrace the new technologies that are coming up and use that to your advantage or you know like people jumped on these zoom things and now people can teach people anywhere they want right yeah, so it's not the same but you know there's people that are willing to do it right yeah and that's the best the best thing you can do right now in this situation you know? yeah exactly and maybe after this like there's no reason why you have to stop and you can go back to teaching people in person for like in your local area, but then international, you, you can still do you know, have this global reach. Right. Yeah. And people are used to that now and people are used to online lessons and things like yeah. that. So, yeah, sure. So there's a lot that, yeah, there's a lot of possibilities. It's just people have to take it upon themselves to like do it and build something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you gotta yeah. put in that work just like anything else. You know, you need to put in work, experiment, trial and error. Yeah. And then find out what is the best way to work. And I think that's another big part of hip hop in general is like it it makes you want to do like be an entrepreneur and just mm. try it. Cause like what well, for whatever reason, like 
maybe it's just because like you love this thing so much, but there isn't a, an established business for it completely. Yeah. So it's like, well, I want to do this. So how do I make it work? That kind of thing. Like, and the whole mentality of making something out of nothing. Yeah, exactly. Right. Go. It's that's what it's built on. Yeah. So, and I think that's, that's something that's, that's really good that people mm. need to look into more or just like, I don't know, educate themselves more about it. And then again, sure. that goes for everyone, right? Everyone can yeah. always learn more, right? So, yeah, that's, so yeah, like that's how this interview will work get to the masses or not even i don't know how many people will, will get to see it but you know still growing my own word, word. and stuff but Keep doing your thing, man. yeah yeah um but yeah i think we'll we'll cut it there we talked a lot about a lot of stuff in i think mm -hmm. about an hour word yeah now we That's covered cool. thanks for me, man. yeah thanks for for taking time out of your day and doing this and um you know i hope people who are watching listening they got something out of it and if if you're interested in the, the some of the stuff that we talked about you can follow just rock on his instagram where he does all this kind of stuff and uh, shares all kinds of things so you it's uh at just, just rock at mzk one more time just rock f g m z k is it r o c yeah, so J-U-S-T-R-O-C-F-G-M-Z-K. Okay. And in the video, I'll put something up. Word, thank you. And uh, any other things you want people to know about? You got, you got, um, what is it, Rock and Write? Yeah, Rock and Write is like a brand that me and my uh, my crewmate Motion made from, he made it from Beijing. I'm just kind of like his partner in Hong Kong. So it's a brand that kind of like, I guess the whole idea is to put the whole hip hop culture into the the fashion kind of thing street street fashion so yeah. that's something that's from china i guess is they're trying to make it bigger and bigger by combining like graffiti and and breaking and all that kind of thing into the whole culture thing so yeah. it's, it's dope if you want to check that out as well you know we have instagram page rock and write official so we we just recently did a, a footwork uh, a few footwork contests during this time yeah. As well. So it was yeah. just something to keep the community engaged and um, for people to have some fun and at the same time win some prizes. Uh, yeah, so just something that on the side to keep people, um, you know, interested in stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, for people who want to listen to or watch some of these little interviews, talks, conversations that Just Rock has done, uh, you can go and check his Instagram page and it's on uh, like IGTV, right? Word, word. Yeah, because some of these talks are like two hours long, right? Or, yeah. or over an hour at least. <laughs> yeah. Long, yeah. Yeah, but they're, they're, they're really cool. He's got some really good guests. And, yeah, mm. so go check that out. Um, yeah, anyway, thanks a lot for doing this. And well, thanks for having me, man. Everybody later. Stay safe. <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening. If you like what you heard, please consider supporting on my Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash RazzyF2. That's R-A-Z-Z-Y-F-2. 
This also goes towards supporting my YouTube channel where I make tutorials and discussion videos. And you can find that at www.youtube.com slash razzyf2 r-a-z-z-y-f-2. Supporting on Patreon puts your name in the credits of the videos as a supporter, gives you access to a private Discord server where you can connect with fellow members, and gives you access to the full video versions of each podcast. I also offer private coaching there, so if that's something you're interested in, it's available. Once again, thank you for listening and look forward to the next one. Peace.